Welcome to the Afterwork Drinks Club. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyake, and I am back with a special summer edition, Summer Nights. Every week, I'll be sharing insights and advice on things that I've learned during my career and running my business to help you along your journey too. Alongside this, I'll be giving my take on the latest news. So you know the drill. If you want to level up, go make your order at the bar, pull up a seat at the table and join in because as always, you belong here. Welcome to the After Work Drinks Club. I'm your host, Vanessa Sanyauke, and I am back with another episode of our special summer edition, Summer Nights. So let's get started. Without further ado, what am I drinking? So I'm back on the booze, guys. I've had a couple of weeks off, and today I'm having a glass of red wine. It's my favourite red wine, actually. It's a Spanish wine. It's a Rijaya or Rioja? Sorry, a Rioja. It's, it's a Rioja. Well, you have to say a Rioja. Rioja. It's a Spanish red wine. It's one of my favourites. So, clink, clink. Cheers to you all. I just want to say thanks for your patience and for your support. I've received so many DMs and messages of understanding. I've taken two weeks off the summer nights edition. That was not the plan. So I took one week off because basically I was exhausted. So as you know, as my listeners, as my AWDC fam, I had COVID. I had had various illnesses as well after COVID. I had an injury from a minor car accident and I still came back week after week during the summer to bring you the pod. And I think my body just shut down and I just thought to myself, Vanessa, you give so much advice on the podcast about people looking after their own well-being and you need to practice what you preach. So I thought, you know what, I need a break off. And then sadly, last week, my uncle passed away. So my uncle Nelson passed away last this time actually last week as I'm recording the podcast he passed away he lived in Birmingham and my uncle Nelson was my dad's cousin's husband and him and my auntie Miriam they practically raised me when I was younger they were a big part of my childhood so my cousin Tarai who's their daughter we were like best friends when we were kids and every school holiday whether it was Easter summer winter half term either she would come to mine in Essex or I'd go up to her house in Birmingham and Uncle Nelson was such he's one of two of my favorite uncles ever actually two of my three so I know you shouldn't have favorites but Leslie will you do so one of my favorite uncles is my mum's brother Uncle James who is just amazing my mum's other uncle John he passed away And then there was Uncle Nelson. And, oh, actually, sorry, I have like four favourite uncles. Sorry, Uncle Uncle James, which is my mum's younger brother. Uncle John, who's my mum's older brother who passed away. Uncle Nelson, who was the one that passed away last week. And Uncle Stephen, who was a doctor. He was so, he is, he was, is still so instrumental in my life. And I'm sure I have like other faves, but like these, these four are like my special, we have a special bond. And Uncle Nelson and I, 
he when we were younger and when I would go to to Raya's house for the holidays like he would we would talk about politics and history and he was really big on giving us extra homework as was my mum so I remember the times when he would give me and Tarai like verbal reasoning exercises and maths questions and he, he, he was a teacher as well and he was very big on learning and he'd be like you've got to do this question you've got to get you know got to get the answers right and and he was very big on education and working hard and he was just so instrumental into the woman that I have become today and we were just he was just my fave we had a special bond about how we would talk for hours and hours and hours about politics African politics UK politics and US politics and you know he wasn't well and so even leading up to his illness um, to his um passing when he was in the hospital, I'd call him and I'd say, hi, Uncle Nelson, how are you feeling? What's going on? What's the pro, you know, what's the progress? And then he'd say, oh, thank God you've called me. He's like, right, I've got someone to talk to. Let's talk politics. And we would then, then he, the last conversation we had, he was like, right, let's talk Kenya. What are your thoughts on what's going on in Kenya? And we would just have this really kind of nuanced relationship and understanding of our weirdness and love for talking about things about politics and history and he was just one of my uncles where you could just you could just talk to him and vibe and for hours and just such a you know such joy such fun always loved my time with him and I just miss him incredibly as you know already and just want to say thank you for everything that you've done for me that you've taught me and his passing he was 60 he was 67 years young absolutely gone too soon and what his passing has taught me is life is so short being there when someone so instrumental in your life passes so I was very blessed to be able to be there with him when he passed and at least get to say my you know goodbyes and just have my moments with him but what it's taught me number one is how our family just rallied together and just how much at the end of the day all we have as family is each other and I was just really warmed my heart in terms of how as a family we all came together to be there for one another even family members that I hadn't hadn't seen for a long time were just there there for each other and it just showed me that how life is so short every day that I wake up now I have just been saying thank you not that I didn't before but I'm just more conscious of I've been given another chance and it's made me more more kind to myself and I think before his passing I was too nice of a person and by that I mean I've taken a lot of shit from people professionally personally behaving as if there's this is this is a this is a dress rehearsal and life is really not a dress rehearsal so don't take any shit from anyone go for your dreams and it's made me so determined and so resilient my uncle was very big on being excellent and doing your best and striving for greatness and I'm just like I am not gonna let you down like this year I'm and beyond I'm 
going hard or going home and I'm bulldozing because this is my life and I'm not going to let anyone get in my way. I'm not saying I'm being ruthless, but get in my way, get in my thoughts, make me feel like I can't do something. I'm going to achieve everything I set out to achieve as long as I am breathing. So for that, I'm grateful that I've learned that lesson at my age right now. And it's totally changed me. I think the passing of a loved one and just seeing, you know, my cousin, cousins in pain, it does change you. It does, to be honest, it does harden you a little bit. Made me feel that, you know what, life is unfair. It really, really is unfair. And you just have to toughen up. I think I've got a bit more tougher and more stronger. And... I I just, I am just, yeah, I'm just going for it. I'm just going for it. And just living my life to the fullest. And I want to just enjoy, enjoy life and and do everything that I want to do. And I actually don't care. Not that I did anyway, but it's just more apparent now not to care about what other people think of you. Because at the end of the day, none of this matters. Nobody all of the small people, those that you work with, your colleagues, even some of your friends, even somebody like who's overtaken you or cut you off while you're driving your car, the rude uh, sales assistant at the, I don't know, takeaway. None of these people matter. Like none of these people will matter. When it's your time, they will not matter. All that matters is you. We've got to start thinking about ourselves and thinking about being untoxically or un, not hurting anybody, but being selfish in a good way. Think about yourself, but be a good person. Don't be an arsehole. Don't be nasty. Don't be inconsiderate, but really think about yourself and your needs because nobody else is going to be there at the end of it all. I'm telling you, all of these friends, these followers, these colleagues, these clients, these customers, these suppliers, they're not going to be there and they don't matter at the end of the day. So don't let small things take up space in your life. Know that you're going to have very few people and family. It's so important if you to really stick together because that's who's going to be there through thick and thin. So just want to dedicate this episode to my uncle Nelson and may he rest in peace and uh, and thank you for letting me share this with you as well. Just wanted to give you another, another bit of life update. So this was the time I hadn't seen my dad. I have a very funny relationship with my dad and for those of you that know my dad, he's a lot, you know, he is a lot. He is just... in a nice way, completely insane. He's just a bit of a crazy, crazy kid. And so I I had to take him in small doses and I hadn't seen him. I didn't actually realize, I hadn't seen him for a very, very long time. I won't say how long because you might judge me, (laughs) but I hadn't seen him for a very long time. And it was so funny that he, and he went to see, obviously his cousin, who's my aunt, the the husband of um, my uncle Nelson's, my uncle Nelson's wife, is my dad's cousin, if that makes sense. So he went to see his cousin and my cousin, Torai, and the kids to pay his respects. So we all went back to Birmingham 
on Sunday. And to Ryan, my dad, they also had their own special relationship and they're really close. And what was so funny is, because my dad's, my dad is very stubborn for literally the, the past 10 years. He's had like really bad cataracts and refused to get them removed until the doctor was like, you're going to go blind if you don't have them removed. You had them removed. And what people don't realize is, so my dad, a lot of people actually assume that I'm mixed race and I'm not. Both my parents are black, black Zimbabwean, but my dad is literally the like dark, dark, dark skin, a dark skin man. But what is so unique about him is he has piercing blue eyes. And it's so funny. People actually like realizing this, like you don't really kind of notice. And having a dark skinned black man with piercing natural blue eyes is so, I think it's super cool. But it's actually super funny. It's so weird. And I'm like, God, why did you give him these piercing, really beautiful blue eyes? Like, what about me? Like, but he's got these piercing blue eyes. And so it's so funny and seeing people's reaction. Some people are like, Melissa, your dad's eyes blue. And I'm like, yeah, it's not contacts. They're actually blue. And Tarai was like, oh my God my uncle are you sick like she thought he was sick maybe something was wrong with him and I was like no try these are this is his actual eye color it's just that he's had cataracts for about like 10 plus freaking years or whatever um he's got blue eyes but you probably never noticed when we were you know growing up or whatever but yeah so I thought that was such a cool thing I thought oh my god my dad's got really cool eyes and and then I was just trying and I was asking like my dad and my mum my dad is very <laughs> when I say he's crazy if you ask him a question you will never get a straight answer so I didn't even bother trying to find out where in the lineage who in his family had blue eyes because he will just he won't answer the question he doesn't answer questions so I asked my mum and I was like well where does it come from who in dad's family has the blue eyes like where is this gene like none of his siblings have these blue eyes and um and mum was saying it was somebody in his family she was like actually yeah, somebody in his family has the blue eyes so I'm like oh it might be then that maybe my one of my kids or my brother or both of us we don't have kids yet so maybe it might pass down to the fam to the family so I thought that was kind of cool at the weekend actually I thought you know what like sometimes you don't appreciate some of the cool things about your parents and I actually realized my dad has like the most beautiful eyes he's just super annoying <laughs> but he's got the most beautiful eyes so I definitely should see him more maybe just just to take pictures of his eyes so at least you know we have that you know memory and that documentation but I thought to myself you know I should actually like take a picture of him and send it to maybe like National Geographic because it's so it's very it's not common um, for black individuals to have blue eyes, let alone like when you see my dad, he's like a dark skinned African man. So I thought that was kind of cool. So what else have I been up to since the last pod I recorded? I spoke at Ideas Fest. So I went up to Wickham. So Ideas Fest was a festival I mentioned in the last pod, which is which was a two-day festival in Wickham near Southampton, where it was a mixture of talks about responsible business, responsible living. And I sat on a panel which came after Stephen Bartlett. He was the headliner, who is the, he has the number one podcast in the UK, Diary of a CEO. And I sat on a, a diversity and inclusion panel and whilst I was staying in Wickham, I 
I went up the day before my, the day that I was on just to attend the festival and just, yeah, just kind of, I invited them. I brought the girls to London UK team. So the team came and we had it as like a kind of team day out and they brought their, some of their family members and it was really cool. And so I thought I'll go the day before, stay the night in Wickham and then go back to London the next day. And I rented out this Airbnb. So this couple had this mansion in Wickham. So Wickham is at the countryside. It's right by the south coast in the UK. And they had this little annex, which I just rent, like rented it out, booked it out for one night, but it's very, very country. And so Wickham, there was no taxis. So I ended up I spent about 30 minutes trying to call taxis eventually I had to ask patients who works with me at Girls Talk to come and get me so I didn't miss my my panel so I had to leave the Airbnb because the host was like having somebody check in after me and so I was in on a country lane I had my suitcase and I was waiting outside it was a country lane but there was a pavement it was obvious I was waiting outside uh, waiting for someone to come and get me I had on some jeans I had some uh, Wellington boots on, like some barber or some barboard, I don't know how you pronounce it, but some um, black boots. I had a denim blue jeans and I had a black top and a little kind of bum bag and I had my little carry-on and I was waiting for my colleague to come and get me and I experienced my first micro slash subtle racism whilst I was waiting and I kind of just randomly just recorded it on my Instagram and I put it on my TikTok and I've gone viral. (laughs) So my TikToks had like 250,000 views and I was basically telling a story, just a quick story about how this old white lady was walking and she was, and then she stopped and she went, oh, oh my God, you're really scary. I thought you were, you know, I thought you were maybe a security guard all dressed in black. Oh, I'm so scared. And then I said to her, I was like, yeah, I'm not a security guard. I don't know what security guard would be on a country lane, but I'm just waiting for my friend to come and get me. And then she kind of walks off um, and she said, oh, sorry, sorry. Then she walks off and where I'm standing is like the end of the close of the kind of the country lane close and there's like a little field and so then patience comes and gets me and then now she's walking back and she's looking in the car and and patience um is a woman of color like me so she's looking in the car saying oh my god these women of color like looking in the car like with disgust and fear and then I wave to her like bye and she just gives me this evil look and it's just like welcome to the countryside and so I was just saying that also when I was coming into Wickham um, to my Airbnb, the taxi driver was an Asian man and he actually pre-warned me and said Wickham is proper racist. He was like, it's very big with EDL who are in the UK, like kind of like the Republicans, but like the Tea Party, they're basically like, don't like black people, don't like anybody brown basically. And they're quite big there. So he kind of warned me and he was like, yeah, it's quite racist here etc etc so then obviously I I experienced what we call a microaggression so a racial microaggression is really like when someone kind of makes a kind of indignity or like a kind of racially kind of stereotypical demeaning kind of comment so her telling me that I'm scary 
when I'm not dressed in black, I have a black top on, but I've got denim blue jeans and I'm waiting on the pavement, waiting for a taxi. What is scary about a young female waiting for a taxi? And one minute you're telling me I'm scary and you're telling me that I'm all dressed in black when I'm not dressed in black. So really what you want to say is you're scary because you're black. I now look like a security guard. So what security guard would be standing on a country lane? And if I am a security guard, a security guard is there to protect you. So why are you scared? So it doesn't make sense. So pretty much this older white lady is just doesn't, is scared of black people wanting to tell me that I was black and scary, but that's what microaggressions are. So I kind of just did a, a TikTok about it, went viral. This page on Instagram shared my TikTok and then it went viral on Instagram and they're the ones that have had 250,000 views but with that I've had so many comments so many comments of girl what do you expect so many comments from you know the white community and the black community saying this is awful and so embarrassing and then we have the racial gaslighters so racial gaslighting is when members of another community try to say to the person who has experienced maybe racism or microaggressions to racially gaslight us to say, oh, we're imagining it. So, so I had loads of racial gaslighting saying, oh, she's old. Maybe it was her eyesight. Maybe it was the words on your T-shirt because it's black and it's got white writing on it. Maybe she did think that you were a security guard. Or no, it's not racism. She was, you know, she she might have just been really scared by you. Like, all of these racial gaslighting and it's really annoying that when you know you're not crazy and you've experienced racism for members of another community to say oh no 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 that's not what it is so that was really freaking annoying but I did expect it so that was kind of funny about yeah going viral um, on TikTok so what else have I been up to trying to get you up to speed so as usual I'm shattered there's just been a lot ill health for the past I think two months and then just when you know when you have a a close family member pass away you don't realize it's quite tiring your emotions traveling up and down from Birmingham etc but and just with work and things like that I am exhausted I I need to have a break I will take some days off uh I'm going to practice what I preach. I also had my cousin, my big sister, Heather. So she lives in Dallas and she came to stay with me for a few days. And Heather's my big sis. So our mums are sisters. But in our culture, in Zimbabwean culture, your parents, siblings, kids are your brother and sister. So you're raised. So when I grew up, I always knew Heather as my older sister and and her siblings are like my older brothers and older sisters. And so that's how we're raised. So my older sister, Heather, she came to stay with me from Dallas. And it's really great. We just, we get on so well. She's such a laugh. She's so much fun. And we would just, obviously as sisters do, gossiping, catching up, gisting, always going to bed late. I think that's one of the reasons maybe why I'm tired. We just had a blast. It was so lovely to have her um stay with me in London and I got to take her out to a few places and just show her some fun things so we went to the Biltmore Hotel which is in one of my favorite areas Mayfair I don't have money people I ain't rich 
yet, maybe one day, God willing, but I just love Mayfair. I love the vibe, I like window shopping, I love walking around, I love going to the restaurants now and again when I can. I just love Mayfair. I think Mayfair has such a lovely vibe. And so I wanted to show her Mayfair. And so we went for Sunday brunch at the Bilt, the Biltmore Hotel, which is in Mayfair. Uh, I think it's off uh, Rosevenor Square. Amazing, amazing service. Oh my God. If you do their brunch, it's called their Sunday brunch. And we had their pancakes. It was it was divine I can't even I'm closing my eyes now because I'm like it was gorgeous it was absolutely divine amazing food an amazing service like I took we had our girls talk uh Christmas party Christmas dinner party uh last year at the Biltmore and so I went back again for Sunday brunch and they're just fantastic they're not one of these bougie hotels that think who are you coming in here like everyone is welcome everyone gets the service everyone was lovely they had this amazing singer I think her name is Jessica and this guitarist and it was just lovely music and she's um she was an amazing singer and she was singing Prince, who's one of my favourite singers of all time. And she was singing really like nice contemporary music and he was a guitarist. And it made me think, you know what? I wish people would think more about people. We were like, you know what? There are people like musicians who, I just thought how much effort did Jessica and the guitarist put into performing for us whilst we're having our brunch for those few hours? rehearsing vocal warm-ups like arranging the transitions people don't appreciate the arts enough there was one moody cow who was behind us that told her to put the the volume of her microphone down the way I cussed her out <laughs> I said you're miserable I said turn it back up Jessica turn it back up so the point is how did I know the singer's name is Jessica that's what I'm like when I'm when I'm out I'm out I talk to people I'm a supporter I just love to support because I know how hard it is in this world like to, to, to try and pursue your dreams to do what you what you love and people are don't believe in you or they just they don't appreciate it like I appreciate the fact that they thought about our experience oh because you wanted to go and gist and talk and be miserable like I appreciated her artistry and her craft. She could sing. It wasn't like, cause you know, sometimes not everyone can sing, not everyone can perform. I get that. But Jessica could throw it down. So I was like, just be kind and just be appreciative. And so, and, and I think it's because my brother's a musician as well. And I know how hard it is to, you know, progress and to break the industry and just how much work goes into into their craft. And so I was like, I just appreciated it. So thanks to the Biltmore, we went there, had Sunday brunch, and then we just went to, we went to Piccadilly, showed her Piccadilly Circus, and then we went for uh, some drinks at this uh, bar called the Bentley which was pretty cool and then we also went to radio rooftop now i'm also a foodie as well by the way if you can't tell like in every podcast i'm always eating and drinking well after work drinks club hence but also like i love food and so we went to radio rooftop now i radio rooftop is the rooftop which is above the me london hotel 
And I went to the radio rooftop about 10 years ago when it first opened and it was gorgeous. It had these beautiful like sofas outside, blankets. It just looked so lovely and you could see a really beautiful view of London. I don't know who the new owners are, the new managers are. They've taken out all of the lovely sofas and put in these disgusting tables. And they've just kind of made it like a get in, get out have a few drinks on a rooftop. You used to be able to even eat and the food was good. Like the inside was like a restaurant and then the rooftop was like just for drinks. I don't know what they've done, but you're missing a trick. I was so disappointed. I was like, this is when new management and new ideas just goes wrong because what made it quite different and unique was the sofas on on the rooftop and how it just... It just had this sick summer vibe and they've just ruined it. However, we still had fun. We had our cocktails. It was good. But guys, Radio Rooftop, you you just, if anyone's listening from there or if you know who the new management is, you flopped. Take it back to the way it used to be. Okay. Can we have at least a venue in London that is not trying to do one in, one out? Can we not just have a venue in London that wants Londoners or tourists to enjoy? Where's the enjoyment? It's always trying to turn over tables just so you can get your coin. It's just annoying. But anyway, we had fun. It was her last night. We had a good time. I've been preparing for the launch of the Climb membership, which is my membership program for women around the world to help you level up and progress in your careers. And I've got a webinar, it's a free webinar. It's called Five Power Moves to Supercharge Your Career. I'm going to be giving attendees five power moves I'm going to share to help you really just finish 2022 strong and start 2023, you know, like you're on fire. And I'll also be sharing and opening the doors to register for the client membership. So I'm going to be covering, yeah, just some things that I think are quite nuanced and what people don't always realize that really make a difference. And these are tested and tried. As you know, I've mentored, I've coached thousands of women and individuals through the years. So I'm just pouring in all of my insights. It's going to take place Wednesday, the 7th of September, 7 p.m. British summertime. And it's free. So if you go on vanessasanyalke.com, if you go on girlsortlondon.com and if you click the Climb membership waitlist, it will take you straight to the Climb membership page and then you can actually um, join the webinar there. Or if you follow me on social media at Vanessa Sanyalke, the link is in my link tree. Okay, right, so latest news. So even though I've been... I guess off the pod for like two weeks. I don't mean it. There's nothing in the news that's really kind of news me, if that makes sense. That's made me think, oh, I've got to talk about this on the pod. The only interesting news story, and if you if you know me well, and I hope you've managed to get to know me more before season two, where I go into interviewer mode, I like to joke and laugh, and I love to play practical jokes and basically take the piss out of my parents. I ripped them to smithereens, respectfully, because I am still African. But so this story, just like I sent it to my mum. So in the UK, and this is the, the, the nonsensical thing about the UK. So in the UK, Brits who snore can get up to £156 a week 
in from the Department of uh, Work and Pension Benefits due to a medical condition. Okay, so what they've said now is that if you are if you have sleep apnea or if you snore on a regular basis and you go to your GP, they'll do some tests. Uh, then you can claim uh, benefits on this. So you can get, it's called uh, PIP. Uh, so even if you're working, so my mum, she'll be able to get this. Um, it's paid every four weeks and you can get amounts between £97.80 and £627 <laughs> for every payment period. So I said that to my mum snores when I tell you I've never met anyone on Jesus's earth who snores like my mum, it is like she has an orchestra playing. Like it is, woo, I'm telling you, it is serious. Uh, so, um, and, I, and, and to be fair, sometimes like, she does have diabetes. I'm sorry, I'm airing out my mum's like medical history. So sorry, mum, she does have diabetes and a few other kind of, I guess, ailments. So it's, it is kind of like, not her fault but I was like mum get your coins hunty the energy bills are going up we need all the coins we can get so I just thought this was, this was kind of really cool but also I sent it to my mum to wind her up because she gets very very funny about her snoring and the fact that she listens to this podcast I know that you are dying right now and sorry for airing out your medical history but anyway so get your coins people Right, and at the news, I, well, it was announced this week that PwC, so they are, literally, they are the world's largest accountancy firm. They are saying that graduates now no longer need at least a 2-1 degree to work at their firm. Their firm. So in the UK, we have this, um, I guess it's this class classification system so when you go to university you get a degree but they have different you know your grades and your class so you kind of would have maybe I think it's like a pass and then you'll have a two two and then a two one and then a first so they used to have this requirement for loads of graduate jobs that said to get a graduate job not just at PwC but any firm any like big global firm they had these requirements some of them still do but back in the day when I was graduating, you had to have a minimum of a 2-1 to even get on their graduate schemes. If you got a 2-2, you were not, like, you were disqualified. So this means that now 70,000 more students a year would be eligible to apply for a job. And I'm in two minds. So I think they thought, oh, yeah, we're doing, you know, we're doing something great because the company said that the move was about trying to attract job starters from a broader range of backgrounds, including those from lower income households. I have to kind of just critique this a little bit. Are you saying that if you come from a lower income household, if you've got a disability, if you're an ethnic minority, if you're female, that we are more than likely not going to have high academic achievements. I just didn't like the kind of wording. Just say we want to give everyone a fair chance. Like, that's it. I didn't like that statement about including those from lower income households. Just, nah, I just, that is just a boo-boo. So if you are a company, you're listening to this podcast, don't do this 
foolishness in terms of the statement, just to remove the classification. Because for me, I got a 2-2. I didn't get 2-2 because I'm black. I didn't get 2-2 because my parents were black. I got a 2-2 because, quite frankly, as I've said before on this podcast, my parents forced me, yes, you did, forced me to pursue a career in medicine and science and I just really wasn't into biomedical science. And so I was doing a degree that I wasn't really, like, I found it really challenging because it wasn't what I wanted to do. And I missed out a 2-1 by 1.5 marks. And I remember my dean, she was a fucking bitch. She, I went to her of the school and I went to Brunel University. I did biomedical science. I don't care if, if you can kind of work out who she was, but she was a complete biatch. I went to her. And I begged her and I was like, please, like, even if I don't want to do like the sciences or medicine, I can't even get a graduate job. Like it's just 1.5 marks. Can you remark my paper? Like, to, or, or just have a look, please. And just see. And she refused. So I ended up getting a 2-2. And let me tell you, my life was so hard. Like in my 20s, I couldn't get onto a graduate scheme with my 2-2. Nobody wanted to see me. So I ended up having to do contracting in like, shit roles like having to work my way up from the bottom to get to I guess where I am today and it was hard it was demoralizing I felt like my degree was a complete waste of time and I knew I had the skills I knew I if I had the opportunity I could have I could have really had a successful career so I think that a lot of these companies need to just scrap this classification because you don't know somebody might have had a death in the family an illness not being well or life you know and then you've got a 2-2 and then what your life is over even if you just get a pass I just think this is just so archaic uh so good move to PwC but just wrong positioning wrong positioning absolutely in terms of why okay so in other latest news so I don't know what you would refer to her as. Tony Tone. She is, let me look at her bio actually. She is a Sunday Times bestselling author. Um, and she's also a relationship, I guess, influencer slash blogger um, and vlogger on, on relationships. And she put a post out on her Instagram that had... I guess people up in arms, both both some men and women. So she posted this video that basically says that you should date people for who they are right now, not who they could be. So basically what she was saying was that it's for women primarily because a lot of her audience are female. She was saying, look, you should really think about how you approach dating and you shouldn't date for potential, but date somebody for who they are now, not who we think they could be. And not everybody, but a lot of people were so polarized by this, including me and my friends. We've been voice noting, messaging. Everyone's got their own opinions about this. And... I agree. I agree. So for those of you that know, I mean, most of you know, I am as single as a dollar bill right now. Okay. And I have dated 
I have dated this year, seen some people and I've just been like, thank you for your services. <laughs> We're going to stop here because I feel at my age, and I'll be transparent, like I'm 35, I'm about to be 36, I can't be dating for potential. So when Tony Tone, when she put that video out, I was like, it's true, because what I'm realising is, I don't have time to waste. If you are a male, and you are older than me, especially, and you are presenting yourself to me, this is who you are. I, I cannot take the risk, my ovaries cannot take the risk on who you may be in 10 years time when you're in your 50s or who you may be in the future. I have to take you for who you are, where you are right now. So if you are somebody who lacks compassion, where I was seeing someone and they lacked any compassion, I'm like, well, this is who you are. I'm not gonna waste time to think, oh, maybe he might change. Maybe he might do this. I've dated some guys who just, they're just not... They haven't got their shit together. And it's like, this is who you are right now. I can't date you on the potential of where you're going to be. I'm too old. Put it quite frankly, I'm too old. And some people, like some of my friends were like, no, but then like, what if you're meeting a guy and he's had to move back home with his parents because he's trying to save up to get a house. Some people, it's not always about money or what they have oh, women are just trying to be gold diggers. There was so much backlash. And she posted like some tweets to say, you know, it's, you know, materialistic. And so she, because Tony Tone said, if the person elevates, great, but that expectation shouldn't burden your relationship. You should be choosing them with the view that if they don't change, you'd still want them in your life. And that's the part that I got what she was trying to say that I think it's important that if you're dating and if you're thinking about taking things to the next step, getting serious, getting married, having kids with this person, ask yourself this question. If this person doesn't change, if they don't change in their character, if they don't change in their economic or social situation, would you still want them in your life? If the answer is no, run, (laughs) right? Run. And so that is just my opinion. But some of my friends were like, disagree, disagree. Y- you know, there are some people who are trying to build something and I think that's great. But I think what I was saying to one of my friends is, I I feel that the term potential really sh- is used, was used a bit too loosely. Because I think potential, when you say someone has potential, I think it's, it's you would use that to describe somebody maybe who's very junior, maybe like a, a young graduate in a company. And you'd say they've got potential in 20 years time to be a CEO of one of the business areas. Or you might say this seven year old that's playing tennis right now has got the potential in 20, 25 years to be a Serena Williams. That's what we usually would use in the context for potential so I feel that as you get older I just feel like we need to find a different word for potential because I don't think if you are over the age of 30 and this is again just my opinion we can't be using the word potential potential what to be in their 60s xyz do you see what I mean so I feel that you know if you're dating somebody maybe in this if you're 16 17 definitely date for potential because you don't know who the guy is going to be in 20, 30 years time. But if you're 35 years old, like me, Tony Tone's in her 30s, potential 
is 20, 25 years to manifest. So I think the idea is it's important to date someone and realize that there may be some areas of development. But generally, I feel that where people are right now is a very good indication of where they're going to be in the future. And so that's where, you know, I, what I took from it. Have a look. It was on her Instagram. It's Tony, T-O-N-I, T-O-N-E, Tony Tone. Have a look at the video and yeah, let me know what you think. Okay, so now we have the final Climb Summer Challenge. I can't believe it's been eight weeks of weekly challenges. So if you've if you're not familiar, every week as part of the Summer Nights edition, I've been sharing the Climb Summer Challenge that we're doing at Girls Talk London. This is a weekly challenge to for our community and the AWDC fam to do different things to, you know, really add value and help you supercharge your career. So this is week eight. We post it on our socials to invite our community to do, you know, simple things to make a big difference in your career. This week's summer challenge is to sign up to volunteer on a, on a project or an area to give back and develop skills. So we are putting out a call out for you to sign up to become a volunteer so that you can give back and develop skills. Now, for me, I'm very passionate about volunteering. I've always volunteered and given back, even from when I was a teenager. So when I was a teenager, I used to volunteer at nursing homes, so retirement homes for elderly people, and I would go there and, and you know, befriend them, play games with them. Just, we'd have like fun activities because it's just like, it's so, it was so important at that time. Like when you're elderly, sometimes some people, some people might not have their, you know, friends alive. Or maybe they might not have kids or a family and it's really lonely for them. So my mum always encouraged me to volunteer at nursing homes. And then in my 20s, I then started volunteering a bit more skills-based. So I became a trustee of The Inspired, which at the time, I think it still is, it was one of the largest youth charities in the UK. It was absolutely massive. We had 100, 100 million pounds of funding from the government. And what they did was they helped a 1 million young people to volunteer in their communities who are between the ages of 16 to 25 to help them gain skills from volunteering. So it's, I'm really passionate about volunteering. And so you can volunteer, for example, as a trustee. And I actually started Girls Talk London as a volunteer. So I would volunteer my time. I would, you know, bring groups of young girls to meet women who were leading in business I did that as a volunteer until I started getting requests now from companies saying can you consult with us and then I actually realized oh actually this can be a business so I just know how much power there is in volunteering you don't know who you're going to meet and where it's going to lead lead to so I would have a look and search. Can you volunteer to become a trustee of a charity? For example, there are so many charities who need help with how they govern, how they operate, raising awareness. So 
look and see if you can become a trustee or an advisory board member for a charity mentoring there are so many charities where uh, where, they're, where they're looking for mentors so have a look and see could you become could you become a mentor or, or a befriender if, if there's any food banks in your area again nursing homes working with young kids summer camps i know there's loads of summer camps where they just really need lots of support and volunteers so just have a search on google look at your local community centers to see if anyone's put any adverts out there's also you can have a look facebook do really great groups so you could sort of search volunteering in your city in your location for my international listeners, for my UK-based listeners. But I urge you all, it's so important, when you volunteer, there's so many benefits. You're able to grow your network, as I mentioned. When I was volunteering doing Girls Talk London, I met one lady who worked at O2. They become one of my clients, and the rest is history. You can develop key skills as well, like strategic skills that can actually help you with your day job, help you get a new job. You can put it on your CV, and not only that, you just feel good. You you release endorphins when you um, volunteer and it has so many benefits medically proven about how it can help you with your mental health because you're making a difference. So please, please, please do. As we come up to the winter months, people is coming up to the season of loneliness, the season of hard times for a lot of people worldwide. So think about how you can volunteer to make a difference and I'll think if I can put in the episode description maybe some links of some global places that you can check out but it could be quite tricky so just try and do a bit of a google.co.uk or google.com right we're coming up to the end of the pod and this is the part of the podcast where I answer your career dilemmas whether they're you know it can be career or business dilemmas for me, you know, your girl's been through some things and I just want to share and give back. As I always mention, my purpose on this earth is really helping people level up. That's what I feel like I'm born to do. Nothing nothing gives me more joy than helping impact someone's life and their career. I love giving advice and I love to teach. I don't have the patience to be a teacher every day, but I love to teach in my own way, if you get what I'm saying. So this is where I'm in my element. So weekly some listeners will send in messages dm they can you know you can dm me on my instagram at vanessa sanyauke and send you know send me your dilemmas and i am not going to do one that i've received on dm so i can maybe sort of save some for later but i actually had a call from someone today and they were telling me about the awful experience that they had with a toxic boss they had a toxic boss to the point of where they bullied them i'm trying to sort of make sure i keep this quite confidential but they bullied them out of their business area to the point where it had an impact on their medical medical health their mental health where they had to be you know prescribed medication to deal with this stress of this toxic boss because this person had done something to upset their boss they also had to move so what happened was they done something to upset their boss to bruise the boss's ego and then because of that the person was due to get a promotion and the boss said oh you're not going to get the promotion and gave them some excuse gave it to somebody else and so it was definitely sabotage and 
punishment for upsetting their boss. They ended up moving to a different part of the business, but they'd, you know, experienced a lot of kind of racial microaggressions. And it, and what it did was, even though this person has now moved to a different bit business area, the person shared with me, you know, I've lost confidence and self-esteem. I, I need some time out, but I am just so broken. And I had shared with this person, you know, I've had three toxic workplaces back to back, three toxic bosses. And she said to me, well, what did you do? Like, what did you do? Like, tell me, tell me, it might be able to help me. And then I thought, actually, I should share this on the pod rather than um, a listener question. And so, because maybe somebody is going through a toxic situation and having a toxic boss, and I thought, there's so many... I don't know what it is. There's just so many toxic people, man. So many toxic people who don't want to do the work. And if you're one of them, get therapy and do the work because you're ruining people's lives. There are people who, because they don't want to face their own demons... Everyone's a problem. You slag off everybody else. Oh, she's this. Oh, he's that. Oh, he don't do anything. Oh, she's annoying. Oh, she. You moan, you moan, you moan, you moan, you moan. I know these people in the workplace. You work with them outside the workplace, everywhere, all over the place. They're negative. They're toxic. Everyone else is the problem and they don't want to do the, the work. If I wish therapy was mandatory, like going to school is mandatory. I believe every single individual on this earth, let's just pray that in 2100, our children's children can make the world a better place. You should have mandatory therapy from the, from age one to 18. And even beyond, it should be subsidized because these toxic bosses are broken people. They're people who need therapy, who haven't done the internal work and it pisses me off. And it's just so frustrating. And so she asked me, what did you do? I mean, I've experienced that where I was, again, depressed. I lost loads of weight. I was suicidal. I lost so much confidence and I lost so much self-esteem that I had to go into intense therapy it broke me. When I tell you I lost so much weight in one of these instances, I I wasn't sleeping. Because this person had manipulated me. She tried to kind of say that I'd done certain things because I had my business outside of work and she was jealous. And um, because at the time I kind of was, you know, still working and it was a side hustle, but I had been in the Financial Times. I had been profiled by Yahoo Finance and I, you know, I'd gotten quite a lot of... uh, I guess high profile and she was jealous and I realized a lot of people a lot of people can get quite jealous of individuals if they feel that oh she's got this press she thinks this night she's she's nice or if you dress a certain way because they're insecure for example so sometimes a lot of toxicity in the workplace is also jealousy as well and I think you have to be mindful of that so she asked me what did I do and I'm going to keep it short and sweet my advice is very short and sweet I left and that's what I told her. I said, I know you want to get yourself together. Give yourself some time mentally to deal with this. But next year, you need to leave your organisation. Because the system, and I say this as a previous HR professional, but I'm still, I guess, in the game. The system always favours the business, not you. 
And you know I keep it real with you because you're my fam. Yeah. The system favours the business, not you. As much as they go on, oh, the people and the people and the people. Unless you're a small G like me, where I've got maybe sort of three, four staff, where I can really be about my people because we're close and we're tight-knit. Do you honestly think that a big corporate with 70,000 people really cares about 70,000 people? Let's, let's, let's be real. Imagine, like, the company is a man and he's got 70,000 wives. Do you honestly think he actually cares about all of them wives? Let's, let's break it down, people. They don't. So when you do your grievances, nine times out of ten, it's going to favour the business. So you have, to, you have to think about you. You have to advocate for you. Don't, I mean, you can file a grievance so it's on record because what happens is if a particular individual has like five grievances, companies don't, wanna, don't want to, ha- to do a payout to anyone. So eventually if someone's had like, say five, six, seven grievances, they'll gently push this person out. So you can kind of get them in a way, but it could take like years and it may not even happen as well. So I'm, you know, I, I kind of say, yeah, you could do the grievance route, but just be realistic, ain't nothing going to happen. So leave, leave, it ain't worth it. Leave the organisation, it is not worth it. I'm really sorry to say this. I mean, I think I've, I've recorded videos and said, yes, you should do a grievance and I think you should have it on record. But if a toxic boss is impacting your health, leave so I just wanted to kind of reiterate that I know I might I think I've had similar kind of questions but this came up today and I just wanted to kind of share this again to say if you are experiencing that the point of it's affecting your mental health leave the system it ain't designed for you and that is it I I think we're coming also to the end of the summer nights series i am conscious that i kind of owe you two more pods so i might do three more pods and end the beginning of september and then that's going to be it and i hope to come back october time november time with season two of the after work drinks club i'm going to start getting into planning mode for that and i just can't wait to kind of give you some inspiration you know as you're, as you're thinking about 2023 you're in q4 I want to be able to really bring you some amazing, inspiring individuals. If there's anyone that you want me to have on the pod, message me. After Work Drinks Club on Instagram, Vanessa Sanyalka on Instagram. I'm on TikTok, Snap, LinkedIn. DM me, whatever. Let me know who you want to see on the pod in season two. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for being patient with me and for joining me for Summer Nights. As always, if you've learned anything from this episode, I just beg of you, just share this. Just just click the share button. Share this episode, maybe in a LinkedIn group, in a WhatsApp group, with someone that you think would benefit. And if you have literally 10 seconds, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave me a five-star review and let me know. Let me know what you think about this podcast and if it's helped you. Because when I get reviews... It helps more people find the pod. So thank you so much and just look after yourselves.